0: at butcherbox.com/morningcup and use code morningcup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives here, is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Okay. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Your final words, those last mutterings before you take your final breath, can leave a lasting legacy. On May 27th, 1850, a man was born who, with his final words, admitted to one of the most notorious crimes our world has ever seen, one that many believe he is actually responsible for. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Thomas Neil Cream, born in Glasgow on May 27, 1850, but raised just outside Quebec City, Canada, was a smart boy who went on to attend a university in Montreal and earn an MDCM degree in 1876. It was around this time that he met a woman named Flora Elizabeth Banks, The daughter of a prosperous hotel owner. Not long after meeting, Elizabeth and Thomas found themselves in the middle of an unwanted pregnancy, and instead of settling down and marrying, as was customary at the time, Thomas offered to help Elizabeth abort the baby. Despite his medical degree and graduating with honors, Thomas botched the surgery, almost killing Elizabeth in the process. When her father found out, he was understandably furious with the doctor and forced him to marry Elizabeth at gunpoint. The very next day, Thomas made his way to London for some further schooling, leaving Elizabeth behind. She died of mysterious causes in 1977. According to some sources, the cause of death was consumption. According to others, Thomas left his new wife with pills for her to take regularly, and it was only after months of taking this mysterious medication that she passed away. He did some postgrad training at a medical school in London, which he was not able to complete, and moved on to Edinburgh, where he received the qualifications as a physician and surgeon before returning to London, Ontario. Now, at this point, nothing really seemed out of the ordinary unless you take into consideration that his thesis topic was about chloroform. But it was after he got his qualifications and began practicing medicine that Dr. Thomas Cream became a much more dangerous man. Now back in Canada, Dr. Thomas Cream started working as an abortionist and despite the mishap with his own wife, started a pretty lucrative career performing these secretive and highly illegal surgeries. In August of 1879, the body of a young chambermaid, Kate Gardner, whom the doctor was allegedly having an affair with, was found in his office with a bottle of chloroform lying beside her. Dr. Cream claimed that she had become pregnant by a prominent local businessman, but despite being accused of both murder and blackmail, was never charged for her death. He then fled to the United States, where pretty quickly, he set up another lucrative practice in the red light district of Chicago serving the women who became pregnant with clients' babies. He was investigated yet again after the death of Mary Ann Faulkner, but escaped prosecution due to lack of evidence. And when another patient died a few months later, he attempted to blackmail the pharmacist who filled the prescription, saying that he was responsible for her death due to negligence. Another woman, an Alice Montgomery, died of strychnine poisoning in a rooming house barely a block away after an abortion from Dr. Cream. But yet again, he merely remained a suspect. Now, while being an abortionist seemed to not only make his career, but provide him with a number of victims, it was still illegal. So he came up with another means to make money and still put people in danger, making and selling his own personal elixirs. Many swore by Dr. Cream's tonics, and one man in particular, Daniel Stott, was so convinced they worked, he sent his wife to the office for regular doses. It wasn't long before Mrs. Stott and the doctor were embroiled in an affair, and shortly after its beginning, she expressed her worry that her husband would grow suspicious. Dr. Cream's solution? Add a little strychnine to the tonics. Daniel Stott died on June Fourteenth, 1881, and, unable to help himself, Thomas wrote a letter to the coroner stating his belief that the pharmacist was responsible for his death, even requesting an exhumation. Now, had he left the matter alone, no one would have suspected Dr. Cream of Daniel's death. Despite being on their radar, Daniel was in no way Thomas's typical victim. But, by inserting himself into the investigation, and the fact that strychnine was found in his system, the authorities had no choice but to make him their prime suspect. He was arrested and finally convicted. But this was not the end for Thomas Cream. Just 10 years into his life sentence, Governor Joseph W. Pfeiffer commuted the sentence after Thomas's brother pleaded for leniency and bribed the necessary authorities. You see, their father had died just a few years before, leaving his children with quite a bit of money to spend. So, Thomas took the money and sailed to Liverpool, arriving on October 1st, 1891, and moved to London, where he took up lodgings on Lambeth Palace Road. Just two days after arriving, he met sex worker Matilda Clover, who died on October 20th of Nux vomica poisoning, a fate that would befall Ellen Donworth, just 19 years old, on October 16th. Not even there a month, two women had already fallen victim to the vicious doctor. And Thomas had already written the coroner offering the name of the killer for £300,000 and blackmailing the owner of W.H. Smith Bookstalls with an accusation asking for a hefty sum of money to stay silent. He had also written prominent physician Dr. William Broadbent accusing him of Matilda's murder and demanding hush money, but he simply ignored the writer and sent the letter straight to Scotland Yard. Dr. Cream, who was only getting started, met Louise Harvey in April of 1892. For some reason, Louise grew suspicious of her new doctor, so when he offered her pills and she accepted, she simply pretended to swallow them and threw them into the River Thames, unknowingly saving herself from an agonizing death. Not so lucky was 21-year-old Alice Marsh and 18-year-old Emma Shrivel, who had a bottle of Guinness with the doctor on April 11th, only to die mere hours later. Unable to help himself, Thomas accused his neighbor, Joseph Harper, of the two murders, even trying to extort the man, claiming he had incriminating evidence against him. Joseph refused and Dr. Cream was forced to move on, but at this point had drawn enough attention to himself that police were certain whoever the anonymous letter writer was, was also responsible for the murder of Matilda Clover a death that had, up until this point, been registered as natural causes. They realized that they had a serial killer on their hands, a killer they were now calling the Lambeth Poisoner. Shortly after this death, Thomas Cream met a policeman from New York City who was visiting London. The officer had heard of this Lambeth Poisoner, and, sparked by his curiosity, Dr. Cream offered to take him on a tour of where the different victims lived. During the tour, the officer was struck by how much knowledge the good doctor had, even including victims and conversations that only the killer would know, stating that this was just pure conjecture. The officer wasn't convinced and went to Scotland Yard with his suspicions. That's when they started to do some digging and it wasn't long before they found out about his Canadian convictions, that he was a suspect in the United States murders and sent off some of his writings and the anonymous letters that they had received from blackmail attempts to an analyst. They finally had enough to convict Dr. Thomas Cream. He was arrested on June 3rd, 1892 for Matilda Clover's murder and on July 13th was formally charged with the murders of Matilda, Ellen Donworth, Alice Marsh, Emma Shrivel, and the attempted murder of Louise Harvey and extortion. His trial began on October 17th and lasted until the 21st, during which time Louise became a star witness. And after just 12 minutes of deliberation, a jury found him guilty of all counts and sentenced him to death. On November 15th, 1892, Thomas Cream was led to the gallows at Newgate Prison. A hood was placed over his head, and as the trap door was about to drop, he said the words, I am Jack the, before the rope tightened. Now, this has been discounted as a rumor, created to sell papers, with most stating that there was no way he could be heard with the hood over his head, and some saying he actually said, I'm ejaculating, as he lost his bodily functions. But many still believe that this was a deathbed confession, that he was the infamous, Jack the Ripper. At the time the Ripper was terrorizing London, Dr. Thomas Cream was serving his 10-year sentence behind bars in Illinois. But some believe that if he had enough money to bribe his way out of a murder conviction, maybe he had enough money to pay a body double to serve his sentence, claiming he did so early in his criminal career when he was brought in for bigamy charges. He was advised to plead guilty, but refused to do so on the grounds that he was serving a prison sentence in Sydney at the time of the murders. Sure enough, there was a man fitting his description behind bars at the time, leading many to believe that Thomas had a double with the same name, and they helped one another commit crimes and create alibis. Moreover, some say this handwriting matched at least two of the Ripper letters, Wild as this seems, Dr. Thomas Cream still remains amongst many of the Jack the Ripper suspect list. with Ripperologists going into deep dives that could convince even the strongest skeptic. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 28th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Waking up to an empty coffee pot stinks, but you don't have to. That's why it's the perfect time to add Native aluminum-free deodorant to your morning routine. Native cares about the products you put on your body. They're all about stopping the stink the right way. That's the Native difference. I've tried almost every aluminum-free deodorant there is, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that Native is my absolute favorite. With ingredients you've actually heard of and can pronounce, like coconut oil and shea butter, you can go on with your day knowing that you'll smell great without putting anything bad in your body. Not just that, but none of their products are tested on animals, and almost everything is vegan, so you can feel really good about making the switch. And because every body is different and experience products in their own way, there's tons of options to choose from, like a line of sensitive deodorants for those with baking soda sensitivities, plastic-free for those wanting to cut down on plastic consumption, and unscented for those who are all about their own scent. And if you're squared away in the deodorant department... Native carries body wash, toothpaste, and a new broad-spectrum SPF 30 mineral sunscreen for both your face and body. Native is ready to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care, back into self-care. Stay fresh and stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash morning cup or using the promo code morning cup at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash morning cup or use the promo code morning cup at checkout for 20% off your first order.